You're now listening to Sound Talent Media. Check out more shows at SoundTalentMedia.com. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network. Visit JabberjawMedia.com for more shows like this one. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Hello and welcome to episode 76 of the Manage Mental Podcast, a weekly discussion on hot topics in the music biz for the up-and-comers, the brand newbies, the beginners, and aspiring rock stars of tomorrow. This podcast is propelled by your input and feedback, so please rate and review and leave us a comment on Apple Podcasts or wherever you listen to this show. I am your host, Mr. Blasco, and as always, I am joined by my good friend, the co-host from the other coast, Mr. Mike Mowry. What up, Blasco? You know, I'm always trying to figure out, or not always, but I, at times these numbers, when you say them, they just pop into my head and make me think of something. So here we are. We're recording July 4th, 2018, and the number 76 made me think about 1776, which is when the U.S. of A., Got that Declaration of Independence written and signed. So uh, whatever that means, right. I'm not sure. But when you're listening to this, July 4th will have passed. Hopefully you had a great time with some barbecue, some brews, and some fireworks. Uh, you're not even in the U.S., are you, Blasco? Uh, I am in uh, Barcelona, Spain today, and they could give two shits about the 4th of July <laughs> as a holiday. <laughs> yeah, all good. Hey, man, that's one of my favorite cities, so hopefully you get to enjoy uh, a little bit of time while you're there. Uh, without a doubt. In the last episode, we chatted about ourselves and our management companies. That was a really great episode, so check it out if you haven't already. Today's episode is sponsored by our buddies at rockabilia.com. Go check them out for the awesomest collection of officially licensed band merch on the planet. Use our code PCJabberJaw and get 15% off your entire order. Yeah, thanks a lot uh, to our boys at Rockabilia. They actually just re-upped their endorsement of not only our show, but the Jabberjaw Media Podcast Network. So that's a big thanks to all of you out there that continue to go over there and use the code PCJabberjaw. They got 500,000 plus items across so many different genres. So tell them Blasco and Mike sent you. Use the code PCJabberjaw for 15% off rockabilia.com. They support us as independent artists and podcasters, and so we encourage you to support them. This week, we talk about cover songs. This is going to be killer, so let's get mental. Zombie, 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 <laughs> be, be. <laughs> oh, that's right. So, uh, Mike, before we get started, just thought I'd throw a little uh, hype 
into uh, into the program of letting people know that uh, I started a new podcast called A New Level. It launched um, yesterday, and uh, go check it out. It's on the Jabberjaw Media Network, and I interview a bunch of uh, really cool people from the biz. And uh, it's we we did uh, ten episodes of season one, and we dropped them all Netflix binge style, so you can check them out at your leisure. They're all about 30 minutes long and uh, pretty easy to listen to. So, um, you know, for on your on your drive times or on your uh, bus bus rides to and from work or wherever you go, it might be uh, fun to check out. Yeah, guys, I'm excited for you to check it out. I've been, uh, you know, uh, side by side with Blasco here as he's developed this one. And he's got such great interviews. Um, he's got Brian Slagle, uh, you know, owner of Metal Blade, Tim Borer, one of the biggest, baddest metal agents, along with Scott Sokol, another big, bad metal agent, uh, Ash Avildsen from Sumerian, uh, Kim, is it Zide? Is that how you say that name, yep. Blasco? Uh, yep. Manager of Pantera, Mike Shea from Alternative Press, yours truly, uh, Scott Lee, Ryan Downey. I mean, the names are just... Uh, you know, amazing. And really the conversations are even better. Uh, please let us know what you think, rate and review that show on iTunes and help spread the word. Uh, you can of course continue to rate and review managemental while you're over there, wherever you listen to podcasts. But, you know, I said it on the last episode and I'll say it again. Uh, it's been an honor for me to, to walk with you on this journey, Blasco. And you really delivered in a way that, uh, as a fan of podcasts and a fan of most of these people, uh, I got such great insight. So yeah, everybody go check it out. You can find it on uh, jabberjawmedia.com or wherever you listen to podcasts. Nice. Uh, so, um, I was thinking about today's episode of managemental and, um, I think it's kind of relevant that I found this article. It was written by uh, Patrick McGuire, and it was a guest post for uh, HypeBot. Um, he actually uh, mainly writes for uh, the blog on Lander. Um, but uh, it's talking about cover songs and uh, their potential importance to you know adding them to your catalog of, of, of jams. Um, so he starts it off like this. Given the time and energy which it takes to record new music, along with the challenges facing the format of the conventional album, artists looking to make a splash should consider the advantages of a well-crafted cover song. Here we explore why. And he has five points. So number one, covers help your songwriting and music theory. Whether you're a seasoned songwriter or just starting to find your voice, Covering songs is a stellar way to learn the art of songwriting through someone else's pen. Taking the time to learn and record another artist's song can teach you a ton about song structure, melody, phrasing, arrangement, and other useful parts of music theory. Covering music requires you to break down songs into their most basic elements. Yeah, I think this is a really cool point and one that probably I, you know, I think intuitively you and I would recognize as players, right? You know, when you first start out, you're absolutely learning by covering other songs, but you don't, you know, you're doing it as a fan. You're not really necessarily thinking about, you know, what went into the, like he says here, um, you know, the structure or the melody or the phrasing, you're just doing it because of the love of the particular band. But, you know, as I've developed more and more A&R skills, and that's a role I play with my developing artists, I think this is a really cool point. 
Yeah, I mean, I a hundred percent subscribe to this idea. Um, so much so that there was a client that I had a little while back, and when I first picked them up, I, this is the first thing that I did. I go, guys, check it out, because I felt like I felt like their first album was was sort of undefinable. Like it was it was cool, but it was like, but you guys like I think you guys need to find yourself. I think you need, I think you guys need to dig a little deeper. So I go, this is what we're gonna do. You're gonna you're gonna each pick a cover song that you want to do. And we're gonna and I'm gonna talk to the label and we're gonna put out a, a, a five song digital covers EP. Now the the purpose of doing this exercise is for you guys to dig deep into these cover songs and really understand the mechanics of why they work and also so that you can learn how to make these your own. Like I don't want you to like it's so boring whenever someone just takes a song and heavies it up. It's like you have to take ownership of it as a cover song, right? So the interesting part of the exercise was is they totally had fun. They loved it. It was it was it was a really cool thing for them to do. But what they walked away from it was whenever they went in to work on their next record, their next record was way more defined, way more specific. And in turn, they they wrote the best song that they've ever written, which was the first song on this new record that came out slamming, which is now their most popular song, right? But they did that because of internally them, them digesting and, and analyzing and breaking down these cover songs. They learned so much from, wow, this is, this is, this is how this works. This is why this reacts. This is why this song was popular or hit or why it spoke to them as an individual. And that's why I made each of them pick one song that spoke to them the strongest so that they could all sort of break it down and really analyze what made that song speak to them in the first place. So, you know what I mean? It's, it's kind of like a reverse psychology almost. Yeah. I mean, sort of like that reverse engineering episode that we talked about just a, a couple of yes. episodes ago uh, in episode 74. Uh, so check that out if you haven't. But one of the things that I heard you mention is fun, you know, and I think that's really got to be part of the point is as you are learning these things, you know, it's to have fun with these songs. And, you know, how do you carry that energy into the rest of what you're creating and what you're you're writing? So great points there. Yep. No, number two, cover song licensing is simpler than you think. So why are covers roaring back into the limelight? Digital distribution companies are now able to get you the right licenses and handle the paperwork to make cover song licensing a breeze. It's a huge reason why covers are enjoying a new moment in music. Yeah, I mean, this isn't one that I would have, you know, picked uh, on my own. Uh, I don't spend a ton of time in the licensing world, but it's pretty interesting to to notice that 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 is what's happening. Have you seen any examples that you can point out, or have you had experience with this one? Well, potentially, what he's saying is that that to get because well, people may not know this, but you can. You can cover any song you want. No, no artist can say that you can't cover my song as long as you properly register it and as long as the mechanical rights are going to the song owners or the song writers, right? Um, and so in, in terms of you getting a license to 
cover a song and making sure that the proper payments are going there. Um, it's very easy to do. You can Google, you know, proper way to, you know, license a cover song, um, or whatever. Harry Fox agency is good. He, uh, apparently, uh, this, the guy that wrote this works for Lander L A N D R. They actually can set up cover songs free of charge if you're part of their platform. Um, so there's, it's really easy to do a cover song. I like on YouTube, whenever you put up a cover on YouTube, um, you know, that the, they automatically find the rights and send to the rights owners. It's, it's really easy. The only, the only thing about licensing that is tricky is on YouTube. If you're going to make a video, you actually do need to get the rights to release a music video of a cover song and that you actually do have to get approval for from the rights holders um, to do that. But in terms of covering a song, you can cover any song you want. It's super easy to do. And, uh, and so I think what he's saying is it's like, it's like, look, don't be daunted by the fact that this is a hard, it's, it's a hard license to get. It's not, it's super easy. Right. Yeah. We've had some experience with that. And yeah, I mean, I think, uh, going, going back to that with the licensing front, it, it can be easier to get those rights, uh, you know, to place into things, um, you know, uh, and they're seeing this resurgence because it's sometimes easier for studios or whoever's using it to license the cover than it is the original. So, Oh yes, definitely. Uh, number three, Covers have become a big part of modern music. A few decades ago, covering another artist's songs was something most artists didn't consider doing, especially if they made alternative music. But cover songs are enjoying a new moment of relevance, all thanks to the growing need for interesting approaches to creating and streaming, opening up a simple way for artists to license and distribute covers. Yeah. I mean, not only with ease, I just think you've got so many uh, people now who, you know, they oftentimes wear their influences on their sleeves and, you know, they want to, to, you know, pay tribute to those who, you know, who have inspired them to be in bands. So I think it's really cool that we do see a lot of people going back and, you know, especially when it's a unique take, it's something where, you know, there's an artist that I like, um, you know, who, who covers another artist, sometimes one I like, sometimes one I've never heard of, but it's that interesting flavor that they give it that uh, really, really is what inspires me. Yeah. I mean, look, we, we can go all the way back, right? On the first Black Sabbath record, there, there were cover songs on the first Black Sabbath record. Um, Slayer has covered Judas Priest. And from what I understand, before Slayer was Slayer and they were just a group of guys, they were basically a Judas Priest Iron Maiden cover band. You know, that's kind of how they they crafted their their art. Um, uh, Metallica, Garage Days, part, you know, like and a lot. Of, it's it's amazing to me that a lot of people, Metallica fans, don't understand that "Mi Evil" is a Diamond Head song and not a Metallica song. It's a good example of a band really taking ownership of songs the covers that maybe people didn't know of that blitzkrieg was a band they didn't really know diamond head right and and stuff and it's like there's a buddy of mine that has a metallica tattoo that actually thinks that he doesn't know who diamond head is and actually thinks that mi evil is a metallica song i just think it's <laughs> funny but it but but it makes sense right it makes sense and so but then you look at careers built on cover songs limp biscuit marilyn manson right um 
the, alien these are banned. Farm. These are <laughs> alien ant farm. But but so so all along the way, right? We we we've seen something, but it, but he's talking about number three here is all about relevance. And I go and I and you think about like relevant bands. Well, what are the most current ones? Bad Wolves and I Prevail built are starting to build their careers and and the foundation was built on a cover song and i don't say that in a negative way i think it's super positive like i'm all i'm all about cover songs you know but i'm just you know i'm just throwing that out there that from the very beginning of this genre to present day cover songs are a common thread and i personally don't have an issue with it yeah i don't either i mean again it comes back to you know you and i are managers and as managers we you know what are the goals of the artist i mean if you can utilize a tool such as a an existing song you know to help you propel yourself into a place that you couldn't you know with your own material what is wrong with that you know to me as long as it's done tastefully and respectfully um you know and again i want a unique take on it i i i think it's amazing that you know, there are songs that people don't know that it was someone else's, uh, you know, part of that's due to the popularity of the original artist. And part of that's due to the fact that they, they put it into their own style enough that it, but you know, you don't blink an eye, um, that, that it would have been someone else's song originally. Yeah. Uh, devil driver is actually made a, a covers record that comes out, I think this week. Um, but they did something that I think is relatively unique to making a covers album is that they did all outlaw country songs, like as opposed to just a covers album, they had a, a theme for their covers album in that it's all one type of genre that they did. And I thought that was, I, th- I think that's an interesting take to where it's just like, oh yeah, man, you can, there's still innovation and experimentation left in this it's like just because you want to make a covers record doesn't mean it has to be something or even like the lamb of god one um that they just uh, put out the uh the burn the priest you know album it was like it was stuff that influenced them so it's kind of like they're talking to their fan base of like you know hey guys check out like this is this is what made us lamb of god you may be interested. And then they went back and revisited their inspirations and, and, you know, re-recorded that stuff. And, and what I've heard is so awesome, you know, just their, their take on their influences I thought was yeah, really cool. I mean, I, I would agree. I think it's, it's interesting to bring that up because it's different than what happened with bad wolves or I prevail, right? Those were bands that no one had heard of that took popular songs, put their own flavor on them and bad wolves case, you know, just, an extreme coincidence on the percentages that you know no one could ever imagine with the tragic um you know death of the woman from the cranberries you know that also helped propel it whereas you know lamb of god is a more established act and it's cool that they go back and, and cover some of the more obscure stuff and so my only comment here is you know there's artists that i work with one who was recently in the studio and they wanted to do a cover and you know we spent a lot of time debating what song to do and of course i kept pushing them for something that had been a hit you know that it had a something that you know part of the beauty of of the i prevail which who covered taylor swift and bad wolves who covered the cranberries is you know without fail almost everybody knows those songs you've heard them so many times if you're not you know living under a rock that no matter who's playing it you're going to sing along now if you're a fan of heavy music you know both of those bands have that that influence on it so when i was talking to my developing artist i was just like you know look i get that you know this obscure stone temple pilot song might be your favorite but 
you're defeating the purpose by going into that catalog at this point when you're coming up to try to take a track that never really had any you know notoriety and you know try to put your own twist on it so just food for thought yep and uh, my million dollar tip of the episode for uh, people listening is Google bands that are not on Spotify. Because there, even though the majority of music is on Spotify, there still are some holdouts, um, and and so do a cover from uh, an artist that is not on Spotify to then put on fo- Spotify, so that whenever, for instance, like Tool isn't on Spotify, so do do a Tool cover, and then whenever someone goes to Spotify to search for a Tool song, guess what? Your version's going to pop up because their version isn't there. I think that's a $10 million tip, bro. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Number four, covers take less time. It takes way less time to cover music than it does to write your own. While we'd all love a few months to hide away and write 100 songs, but it's a luxury most of us don't have. With listeners transitioning from albums to playlists more and more, releasing music often is increasingly important in today's fast-paced music industry. Putting your own spin on another's artist music will help you keep your skills sharp and the inspiration flowing between releases of your own compositions. Yeah, I mean, this this is a very, you know, short and sweet point really about fitting into the strategy. You know, you've heard me say many a times, great content done consistently over time. So if you're struggling to create your own content, whether that be great or, you know, you've heard me say good enough is okay. I think covers are a very cool way to bridge that gap. Um, you know, but also for the exact same reasons that he has here, you know, putting a spin on another artist's music, you know, it does, it helps you keep your skills sharp, which is part of what, you know, piggybacks on his number one point, which is helping songwriting and music theory. So I think this is another fantastic point that he makes. Yeah. And I'd all, I'd add to this that when picking a cover song, kind of like you were saying earlier is about picking a hit or, you know, a a song that was a previous hit. Um, Something to think about is what the agenda of doing the cover song is. I think whenever we take the idea of covering a song that was already a hit, if it was once a hit, then you increase your chances of it potentially being a hit again, right? Or if you take conversely the idea of Metallica finding some diamond in the rough and really taking a drastic ownership of that song to the point that people think it's theirs. Those are two different thoughts here of, but understanding kind of what your agenda is. So I think that would be something I would add to this. Great um, point. Number, f- yeah, number five, uh, covers are a new first impression for fans. Covers are also a great opportunity to add to your catalog and connect with new fans through familiar tunes. While covers aren't a guarantee to grow your streaming numbers, 
given potential fans a familiar first impression can help grow your fan base in the long run and help to bridge the gap to your original compositions. Yeah. I mean, this really goes back to kind of that I prevail and bad wolves and so many bands that have come before them. Um, you know, people didn't really know who they were. They took these songs, uh, you know, they, they, for whatever reason, you know, they, they took off. And so, uh, it gave fans a way, who is this band? Let me check out more stuff. And, you know, undeniably for both of them, you know, the rest of their material, uh, whether, you know, you, whether it's, you know, whatever, I mean, people have gravitated towards it. And I remember, you know, specifically when I prevail was taken off, um, you know, I had my partnership with fearless records at that point and we were sitting in an A&R meeting and, you know, we sat there and watched the fact that they're, EP that was out at the same time, those tracks were selling, you know, we had the data to go look at it. Fearless inevitably ended up signing them, but it was nice to be in that meeting where you could look and say, you know, if, if they weren't taking off, if those other songs were stagnant, you would have seen this like plenty of other bands that have had a great cover that didn't end up, you know, parlaying it into a great career. So, um, you know, again, I think this guy makes really good points on, on this article. Uh, yeah, no doubt. No doubt. I, I, uh, I, you know, I'm going to summarize by saying that, um, I think covers are cool. Um, I don't have a problem with it. Um, and, and in terms of the streaming world that we're living in, in terms of being able to feed people content, it's potentially something that can help bridge the gap. Kind of like what he's saying here in number five. It's like, you know, you, ha you have a bulk of content that is an album and then you have this time period until that next bulk of content that is an album comes out. But potentially you can use cover songs in your advantage in that you can drop them potentially one at a time or just throw one out there in between albums um, and stuff. And it's not something that you have to spend a lot of time on or worry about. Like I said, you know, to summarize, like figure out what your agenda is, but it's good to continuously feed the fans something whilst you're in between cycles, you know? So use it, you know, figure out your agenda, use it to your advantage and most importantly, have fun with it. Absolutely. Great points and a, a great article written by this guy. Yeah. Uh, well, that concludes episode 76. Thank you for tuning in. We will be back here next week. In the meantime, you can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Blasco1313. We encourage you to email us any questions or comments you may have for the podcast to me directly at askblasco at gmail.com. If you have listened this far, much respect to you for making efforts to educate yourselves and taking your future into your own hands. Mike, any final parting thoughts? You guys can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Mike O'Loop. Uh, I have my coaching platform at OuterLoopCoaching.com where we've got some courses there, some strategies for you to maximize what you're doing as an independent artist or as an aspiring professional in the business. So please check it out there. Uh, as we've mentioned a couple of times, a new level is now available. Uh, Blasco's new podcast that he launched uh, just, just recently. Uh, so please check that out and let us know your thoughts, rate and review that as well as managemental. And of course, last but not least, head over to rockabilia.com for that 15% off 
uh, coupon code PC Jabberjaw and let us know what you've purchased there. We'd like to see it. You know, give us some feedback. You know, tweet at us, uh, tag us in your Instagram posts. It's always nice to see the love and and it lets Rockabilly know that you guys are listening to us and supporting them uh, because they support us. I uh, hope you had a happy, safe Fourth and Blasco. Uh, hopefully next week when you're when you're back on U.S. soil, we'll re- record another great episode. Yes. Thanks, everyone. Peace. Hey everyone, this is Tuck from Fit for a King, an off-road minivan. Every week I bring you fun interviews alongside your favorite metalcore entertainers with my new podcast, Get Tucked. Join me every Monday with bands like Counterparts, Crystal Lake, like Moths to Flames, and many more. We play unsigned and undiscovered bands, deep dive into each artist's history, and of course provide the greatest breakdowns in current metalcore. Tune in to Get Tucked every Monday, out now through Sound Talent Media. This is the Jabberjaw Podcast Network.